Welcome to another edition of the Dewan Marrero Podcast. I'm your host, Dewan Marrero. Joining me this week as a teammate of mine. We currently play for Leones de Ponce in the BSN League in Puerto Rico. He has been playing professional basketball for over four years now. And we also played together when we were younger for the 16U Puerto Rico national team. I have here with me the one and only Matt Lopez. Pleasure to have you on the pod, my brother. How you feeling? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure, man. Um, we're in lovely Puerto Rico right now, vibing, uh, looking at the beach. Come to one of your spots that you come to pretty daily. Talk to me about the beach vibes and, and how much uh, does the beach help you get through the day? Uh, I mean, when you travel the world and play basketball, sometimes you end up in uh, in some dark and cold locations, you know? So I've, I've been around the world. I've been in some places where... It's not too fun to go outside. So whenever I'm on a tropical island with a beach, you know, not too far away, I really take advantage of it. Uh, for sure. And before we go in depth and, and talk about all the places you've been playing uh, professional basketball, tell the people about who Matt Lopez is for those who don't know you. Uh, well, like you said, my name is Matt. Um, I'm from the States, even though I am Puerto Rican. My last name is Lopez. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I played college basketball at Utah State. I uh, transferred from my senior year to play at Ryder, which is a, a smaller Division One school in the MAC conference. Um, led my team to, uh, I think, a 23-win season. I was first-team all-conference and uh, was able to, you know, uh, get a couple contracts and keep playing the game professionally. Uh, no, I appreciate that, man. Talk about your uh, college experience. How was that uh, Division One lifestyle for those who don't know? Uh, it's great, man. You know, it's it's like a blessing and a curse sometimes, you know, because when I was in high school, uh, I made I made the wrong decision going. To, you know, I, I picked a big time university um, that had the power to recruit over you. You know, if you don't if you don't play a certain way or if, you know, if for whatever reason, the coach has an opinion of you. So I was one of those guys who was like the sixth, seventh man, you know, and uh, I, didn't, I never really was given the freedom or the I never got the coach's full confidence that I was I was looking for. So I had to transfer, you know, and you see a lot of these guys today transferring all over the place and NCAA not really letting guys transfer. And it's Division One basketball is all about the fit, you know, like you could go to a big time school. Some guys get recruited by the big time schools and they commit to the biggest school that recruited them. But it's all about the fit, man. You see these guys like C.J. McCollum playing for Lehigh. That's the most important thing. It really doesn't matter what school you end up at. Just as, just as long as the coaches really believe in you and have faith in you, that's the most important thing. No, for sure. Um, I could relate to that when I went to DePaul University. And even though it was 30 minutes from my house, they were the Big East. They were in the Big East. And I found like I could have the opportunity to play there. I'm being heavily recruited in Indiana. And they come to find out I tear my ACL and they over recruited me. And I had to really think about what will I do the next following years? Because I knew I couldn't stay at DePaul even though I loved it. And I found much more success when I went through the JUCO route, got my mind back. And then I went to Moorhead State, which was a mid-major. And I had much more success at a mid-major. No, I'm the same, the same, you know, same boat, man. I got uh, recruited over or, you know, I just didn't fit in with that Mormon vibe at Utah State a little bit. You know, I'm covered in tattoos. I like to yell and scream and be ridiculous. But uh, 
uh, you know, it was it was great. It was a great experience, but it was time for me, you know, to move. And I, like you said, I had I had more success at a mid-major. You know, like I was more involved in the offense, and I, I just found a coaching staff that really believed in me. A great coaching staff and Kevin Baggett. Um, I just had a great experience over there. No, for sure, man. Um, like I said, we're currently in Puerto Rico. You've been playing four years professionally. I'm um, going into my third year. Uh, what was the first contract that you received that you went to go play professionally? So like you said, I also tore my ACL. Right? Like you tore your ACL, I also tore my ACL. I tore mine going into uh, my senior conference tournament. So it was, it was heartbreaking. You know, I had, uh, I had uh, basically like almost every NBA organization giving me uh, workouts or, you know, trying to bring me in to, to work me out and trying to see, you know, uh, because at the time I was – my numbers were, were looking great. I was seven foot, you know, I could run up and down the floor. Um, so my first contract, uh, well, like I said, I tore my ACL and I, I actually was with the Philadelphia 76ers for a while uh, doing rehab and working out. My agent at the time, Matt Babcock, uh, his brother Chris Babcock is an assistant coach with the organization, the Philadelphia 76ers. And my time though, there wasn't a G League, it was the D League, right? So obviously Sixers weren't gonna sign me. Uh, coming off an ACL injury, right? So they wanted me to go through their D-League program. Um, and at the time, uh, I also had a BSN a BSN contract. So that was my first contract with San Herman. And the reason why I decided to go with the BSN contract in San Herman was because at the time, the D-League uh, max was like 25000 I think, maybe less. And the, my BSN, my first contract as a rookie in the BSN was way higher. You know, I was able to make a substantial amount more uh, just going to Puerto Rico, so I, you know, I had to sit down and think: like, am I trying to get in the NBA, or am I trying to maximize the profits here? You know, and uh, I made the decision just to go, you know, start my career overseas, and I think I made the right decision. No, for sure. I think Puerto Rico, the BSN league for natives, is very beneficial because um, you're always going to have a job, you know, regardless. Yeah. And um, if people can hear that, we are literally on the beach. Uh, we have tunes everywhere, and it's really a vibe. So, Matt, you played in Japan. Um, talk to the people about your Japan experience. Japan was cool. Uh, my only my only critique of Japan is that's one of the, the the more lonely contracts I've had. You know, a lot of people they see this job or because you know we put up pictures on Instagram or social media or stuff like that, and they think it's it's one thing, and it's great playing the game, practicing with the teammates, you know, but majority of the time you're, you're alone you know you're you're by yourself you don't really have too many teammates so it, it can get lonely and when I was in Japan uh, it's a 10 month contract definitely had some uh, th some problems with loneliness but it was fun it, it was it was a culture shock for real but uh it was a lot of fun I had a great experience out there sweet how was the language barrier because I mean did they speak English out there it was awful, you know, um, it's a very interesting language that they speak, but nobody spoke English. So I had a translator and one other teammate that spoke English. And other than that, those are the two people I talked to. Other than that, I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan, a lot of podcasts. I listened, you know, that th those are my friends at that time. So it really did get rough because of language barrier and because I was in a small city in Sendai. Uh, you know, I was like an hour flight from Tokyo. So, you know, there wasn't really too much going on. I was close to, or I was told I was close to the suicide forest in Japan. Yeah, so that was all. That was a weird thing. I wanted to go visit, but uh, they took that very seriously. They were like, "Nah, man, don't go up there. You're gonna find exactly what you're looking for. So don't go up there." I was like, "Oh shit! All right." <laughs> what, what's the suicide forest? I guess there's a there's a 
There's a problem in Japan with suicide rates. Um, people, you know, unfortunately are extremely unhappy. Um, for whatever reason, there's a lot of societal pressures from the older generations. Uh, it's a it's a it's a group of people where the uh, there's more older people than younger people. So it's very interesting culturally. But uh, there's a lot of societal pressures, like I said, and unfortunately some people choose to take their own lives in Japan at an, an alarming rate. And there's a, there's a section of woods or forest in Japan where people tend to go and do just that. Wow, I had um, my experience playing in Switzerland. The suicide rate there was very high. And they told me that uh, a lot of people just jump in front of the trains. And it sucks because Switzerland is a very luxury country. However, the suicide rate is, is really high. And uh, speaking of like those unhappy vibes, we talked about being a professional athlete and not how not everybody can do it. Talk to me about how like you know a lot of ball players who are doing very well in money situations, but they're not happy. Yeah, I think I think I think it's safe to say the majority of players you know who who do this or are playing basketball. Um, are unhappy, unfortunately, because for whatever reason, you know, their family's back home. There's a culture shock. You know, they, they may be in Russia, you know, and the money's great. But, you know, three, four months into that contract, you know, your body starts to get sore. You start having, you know, you start bickering with the coaches. You start getting sick of eating the, the food that you're not accustomed to. And uh, it's very easy to be uncomfortable. And I think uh, unhappiness comes with uh, with your level level of comfort. So... I'm not saying everybody's unhappy. You know, we're very lucky. We're blessed to get to do what we do. But uh, it's not um, its not how it's portrayed. You know, there's a lot of hard work. Uh, there's a lot of lonely nights and uh, a lot of obstacles that a lot of people don't know because we don't portray that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they just see the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, for my situation, when I came to Ponce, I didn't know what the situation may be. Um, obviously, I was blessed to receive a contract from Ponce. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the upside, I have to connect with 10 or 12 new guys. Yeah. I have to get adjusted to the team. Yep. I have to pay attention to details exactly. because my role is really important being a role player. And I, and I take pride in coming off the bench whenever my jersey is called. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people who want to play overseas basketball, you're not going to always be the main guy yeah. because it's a job, yeah. just like any job. So... What's your thoughts so far? Like, what is your future looking like in terms of uh, basketball as a professional? I mean, I love playing basketball. Uh, with all my experience with playing this game, there's one thing that I learned early on is you can't play for forever. So as far like, as far as an exit strategy or something like that, you know, I've always been hip to that. I've always been thinking, you know, like, when basketball ends, what am I going to do? Um, Fortunately, I haven't answered that question yet. I would love to get into coaching. I love to coach. I love the whole IQ side of basketball. Um, I'm, I'm a, a student of the game, a fan of the game. Um, I like to uh, train uh, and help others, like high school athletes, college uh, college athletes. I work with a lot of collegiate athletes at Rowan University and Ryder University. Um, so I'd love to get into that side of things. But unfortunately, it's extremely political uh, and just like playing professionally, there's a lot of things with that job, a lot of pressure, a lot of things that, you know, people don't see. They just see, you know, the fancy suits and you get to yell and, you know, you get to be, you know, you get to be the guy on the court at all times. You get to make the big decisions, but there's a lot of pressure. There's not a lot of job uh, stability. So, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're going to jump into, again, you, you know, you, you may want to have an exit strategy in, in one of those jobs as well. But uh, 
just like you, you know, we're very lucky that we're educated. So, you know, we got a degree. So hopefully, you know, we're, we get to, we don't peak. You know what I mean? Hopefully we, we keep going up. Sure. Um, talk about relationships because I, I know you always on the phone connecting with different people. How important it is for relationships to help you be successful in life? It's funny. As far as basketball, um, basketball is a small world. You know, so I'll be in Paraguay and meet somebody who we have a mutual friend. And, oh, you know, so-and-so, so you know, it's, it's a small world. Even though we may be all over the world in different countries, you know, there's a million teams, a million college teams. I promise you, everywhere I go, I step on a basketball court. It's like I know somebody who knows somebody else, or I know your mom, or you know, you know what I mean. It's very strange. Where is it? So relationships are huge, you know. Uh, networking and just just being professional, um, being a positive, you know, a positive role model to the younger guys too is huge. You know, I I, I can't imagine, or I, I I can't I can't tell you how many times I've had you know a good a, like a moment with a young player who I didn't think too much about it. You know, either I gave him a compliment at the end of a game, or you know, told them to keep their head, or I was just positive, and that younger player you know kept that in their back pocket you know remember that exchange that experience and came back to me and talked to me you know like yo thank you for being cool you know back in the day I was a rookie I didn't know what you were talking about you know you tried to put me on I appreciate that so it's always good to, to be positive and professional all, at all times man it's a small world for sure uh, appreciate you Matt like I said always taking the time out and doing well for others you know what I mean you always think about other people I noticed that just being your teammate you're very genuine um wrapping things up what all countries have you played in uh professionally uh, i played in puerto rico for like four seasons now i played in paraguay I played in mexico like you said japan um where else have i played um that's about it you know i've been i've been all over the place i'm very lucky to get to travel all over the place sometimes i, for, I forget you know with yeah, what teams sure. what jersey i was wearing you know what color what 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 name was on the front but that's why i take pride in like if I'm on a team and we have our name on the back, I need that jersey. Yeah, right. I know. Um, last but not least, man, talk about how important social media is in our era right now and for your brand. Social media is big. Um, I think uh, so. When I was in school and I made that transfer from Utah State to Ryder, I think the film in general is just a big thing. So in our world, in our basketball world, if if you don't have film of it. It never happened, right? So, like, you know, like, I had 35 and 15 and 9 assists. Where's the film? Oh, you don't got the film? Oh, it never happened. You know, don't you can't bullshit me. So, back in the day, uh, I was kind of hip to that. I, I put a lot of film on YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that. And I was very lucky that it helped me on the recruiting side of things. You know, I was I was kind of, I guess, ahead of the curve, you know, before that. And to me, I just, I grew up watching and one mixtapes, right? So, like, I like to block shots have you know no look passes and get dunks and when i had film of it i just would you know cut it up and put it on youtube or actually you know i actually have a friend who does it for me but uh you know he would help me out with that process and i, I saw the returns you know i i definitely that's one thing that paid dividends big time you know another university gave me a shot solely off the film you know brought me in for a workout i was able to get a scholarship i uh, then with the additional film at that university i was able to get uh in the nba camps and then off the you know the strength of those guys and my agent i was able to get contracts so social media definitely plays a large, large part in what we do as athletes and marketing ourselves, you know? For sure. I mean, Matt, you laying out the blueprint, you giving free game. People, it's very important that you upload your content um, with anything you do that you think is 
going to inspire someone like as a ball player i make sure i get film matt just emphasized that and also matt thank you for hopping on the podcast man i told you i was going to get you on here and we got it done as soon as possible yeah man thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah for sure there you have it uh the one and only matt lopez stay tuned next thursday all always dropping content there you have it